Oh, you get one ding. That's it, Mr. Craig. Just one? Oh, it, I guess it, it's going to keep going while I put it down. Yeah, nice try. <laughs> it was a long one. Uh, well, Mr. Jason, who do we yeah. have? Oh, we got Rob Kulisa. Keeps crushing continually, creating credible killer. Secret sauce, Mr. Craig. Let's oh, do well. You can dip that around and drink it down. I'm going to dip my nuggets in there. <laughs> oh, no, you will. Buckle up. It's the Insurance Dudes Podcast. Hey. Boom, boom, boom. Boom. Oh, my God. Oh, there we go. Hey, fellas. Hey. Mr. Robert. That's me. How you doing, man? Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> A I'm... lot better that we got the, the kinks worked out. Well, I just so, drove so. from my other office. I get here. Oh, shit. Was that a striper poster? You know it. Hey, yeah. you actually called it. You're the first person. First person to get that one right. I got a great striper story for you. Do it, dude. I, I saw them in, I guess it was 1985 at the Nashville Municipal Auditorium. Um, I was in the 101st Airborne at the time, and Nashville's right right down the way. And we were seeing everyone there. We saw the crew there on the Theater of Pain tour. No way. Oh yeah, wow. dude. We saw Rat on the. Uh, I think it was. The, I think it was the tail end of the Out of the Cellar tour, and wow. all of a sudden, Striper with that with that album to Hell with the Devil. Just you know, bust out. Oh my God, dude! It's supposed to be what Christian metal. But if you've ever seen Striper, you know, halfway through the show, they start throwing Bibles out in the crowd. And <laughs> I never saw human beings beat the shit out of each other for a Bible before. <laughs> they, were, <laughs> they were like, give me that fucking Bible. A Striper. <laughs> oh, my God. Great show. What was it? Michael. What was his last name? Michael. Sweet. Yeah, Michael Sweet. That's him. But wow. yeah, he's, Striper. He's that's still him. rocking, dude. He's hitting those notes like he was. 19 again oh my god go well I, you know was in that vocal range you had uh him and jeff tate from uh uh operation mind crime uh, what the hell was that band uh jeff tate oh god jeff tate yeah the album it was huge operation mind crime was the album um oh they were huge back in the 80s god damn um but anyway it'll it'll come to me <laughs> at some point that's awesome, man. You know what's crazy is you saw the theater of pain. Like no one ever sees crew. Like everybody's story is always, uh, uh, what is it, Doctor Feelgood or, or or one of the later albums. That well, is awesome. Theater of pain. Queensrÿche. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Queensrÿche. Queensrÿche. That's it. Oh, they were great. Um, Queensrÿche. That's right, man. So this, that brings us to our first question. What was your first concert? Out of the gate. Out of the oh, gate. Kinks Police Cars, Madison Square Garden, 1979, I think it was, or wow. early 1980s, somewhere, somewhere late 79, early 80. Uh, the Kinks were touring uh, Give the People What They Want. Um, I think the police were touring Zenyata Mondada, I, I think. Um, dude. The police yeah, was a great, great time in music. Wow. Oh, dude, that, yeah. that time from like 78 to I, I think about 88, 89, because I was just talking to my friend Heshi just today on Facebook, um, talking about 90s with Soundgarden and Pearl Jam and, and all that. 
And I was like, I don't know, dude, I missed that whole scene. I missed the whole grunge, you know, the whole 90s, the whole, you know, wearing flannel and Doc Martin. (laughs) You know what? I was raising a family and I guess I was still old because I was still listening to the Jersey Shore stuff like (laughs) Southside Johnny and all that, um, that that I missed that I missed Pearl Jam. So, but yeah. yeah. Those are some fun eras in music. And I mean, I guess it's just all different now. I mean, people go see different types, probably more, it's probably more along the lines of, um, you know, DJs and stuff like that now where they kind of get that, that, that vibe of where everybody's kind of dressing, they're in a scene. It's fun to go to shows. No doubt my son, my, my oldest son plays in a band called Cave Art out of here in New Jersey. But the other oh, cool. night he had, he had VIP tickets for Dead Mouse in, in Philly. And that's another thing I, I don't get. My wife, she loves that, that EDM stuff. Me, I'm like, yeah. what the hell's this is about? But you bunch of dudes doing meth and listening to, listening to a dude <laughs> yeah. with a mouse on his head? The fuck's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> now you know what it felt like when your dad or or you know when you were young and you're listening to your stuff and all the older people were like i don't get it you know oh, when dude, i was young about it my dad grew up on the 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 duprees the drifters the class oh, totally the different oh. all that and here i come with kiss you know, here right. they yeah. a bunch of greasers wearing shark skin jackets, and I got Gene Simmons as the beast. Right, with his tongue <laughs> out. And... <laughs> dude, we can do a whole podcast on this subject. I love it. Yeah. Oh, Music yeah. dudes. Oh, my God. Hell, yeah. I'm all about that. Well, anything to distract from the, from the subject that's at hand. <laughs> right, insurance. Fuck it. I'll talk about anything. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, I, what makes it so fun to have you on Robert is you're the, you're the, you're exactly what people aspire to be in insurance, right? At least it, it, for Jason and I, it's like, Hey, we have the insurance and it's one, one revenue source, but then going out to do other things, right? Ultimately, instead of being the, you know, you're in the place and that's it, man, no way that drive me crazy. You know what? I'm glad, I'm glad you put it that way. I always aspire to be independent. Um, like I, I listen to your podcast every week and, and, I, and I hear folks talking, you know, it's nothing, no disrespect, nothing, about, nothing bad about anybody, but I never aspired to be the biggest. I never aspired to be that 29 agent, global, worldwide, you know, sure. you know what, what worldwide prestige, if you will. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, 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 I was never about that. You know, I, I, I was working as a firefighter in Navy Lakehurst for, for four years after I got out of the army. And uh, I got off, I got off tour with a couple bands in, 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 you know, the late eighties, early nineties. And in, in 1990, I was married 91. I had a, I had my first son and I was working at the firehouse at, at Lakehurst. And all of a sudden they, there was this rumor that they were going to close Lakehurst. So here I am with a mortgage, a wife and a kid. What do I do? Oh, well, there was a guy here in, in Tom's, well, actually he's down, down South of me a little bit in Lacey. His name is Lou Maselli. He sold us a life policy. And as I was deciding what I was going to do next, cause I wasn't sure Navy Lakehurst was going to stay open. If it was going to close. I didn't know. So I got to mm-hmm. look for my next. 
Right. So I call him, but I said, dude, what do you do? He says, I help people. I was like, Ooh, <laughs> I help yep, people. So sounds fun. <laughs> it, yeah. And I started selling life insurance and I discovered one thing. I hate life insurance. <laughs> <laughs> oh Specifically my what? What part about it? Let me ask you, Jason. I can yeah. understand you want to think about it, but would you rather think about it insured or uninsured? Oh, dude, I got to go home and wash the skis off me, man. I can't go <laughs> like that. So all of a sudden, one day I was where I, I left Lou's agency and I went to Prudential because um, I felt they could provide me more opportunities and more education and, and more experience. And, and they truly did. But a guy comes up to me and he heard my, he heard my cries of anguish over <laughs> my, my lack of desire to sell life insurance. He said, why don't you sell health insurance? The hell is health insurance? Right. <laughs> he says, it's daytime work. You talk to business owners and you're actually doing a transaction. Sure. Okay. How do you do? Yeah, absolutely. Cheers. I'm all about <laughs> that. So off we go. Come to come 2000. And I decide to open my own agency. I actually opened up on on um, on February 2 2001. And I made I made a conscious decision, I will never work for anyone ever again in my entire life. And I got this. I, I really believe that I'm the luckiest guy on the face of the planet. I really do. I think that I've, I've achieved things. I've acquired things that were so beyond my, my realm of dreaming. You know, you always say you got your bucket list. You got your dreams. Dude, I done passed that shit years ago. <laughs> and I was looking through a magazine and I saw that one of these trade organizations that I belonged to was in now competition against me. So I called them up. I was like, hey, the hell are you do? Why should I belong to your cheesy ass organization if you're going to be in competition against me? <laughs> right. So they said, hold on. And they put me on the line with this general manager dude. And before long, I was, I was the insurance rep for three major trade organizations in New York, New Jersey, and Massachusetts. All because, I, awesome. was pissed, all because I was pissed off and made a phone call. <laughs> and The squeaky wheel. Absolutely, man. That it, it definitely got the oil that day. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's timing, though. Timing is everything. Oh my yeah. God, dude! That that one phone call. This is crazy, dude. Dude, that one phone call did this for me. Put my first two kids through private school. Bought me a home on Barnegat Bay. Sent me to Europe a couple of times. Bought me a Porsche, and enabled me to become a touring musician. There you go. So you got to Unreal. live the dream because of that phone Abs call. Absolutely. And then again, I'm lucky. I've achieved and acquired more than I feel I deserve. President Obama comes around and he says, well, the party's over. <laughs> and out goes small group health insurance with the 51% rule. In fact, that was, that was extremely devastating to me because back in the day, the uh, the broker rep for Horizon Blue Cross and Blue Shield out of New Jersey had had actually called me the king of the two life group because I had I had a theory oh my god I used to drive these big time insurance guys nuts with this I used to say dude 
I would rather have 50 two-life groups instead of one 100-life group. Because if I lose one group, I'm not going to feel it financially, and I'm going to replace it tomorrow. Sure. You lose your one group, mama don't eat next week. Yeah. Right. Yep. So I was killing the two-life group. You know, they, back in the day, they weren't asking for WR30s or anything like that. I mean, that shit was the wild, wild west for about six years. People were making <laughs> money hand over fist. I was my, – my coolest thing, one of my coolest business moments was – I actually felt like a Donald Trump style guy because <laughs> once a month I would take the Acela from Metro Park up to Boston and I would rent out a conference room in a hotel and all the business owners surrounding Boston and Massachusetts would come to this hotel to get their health insurance set up. And then I would, I would hang out. I'd get dinner in, in Boston. Maybe if, uh, if the devils were in town, I'd go check out a devil's game that night. And then, boom, I would, I would take the Acela back the next morning. and That's awesome. Oh, my God, dude, I was living the dream. So all of a sudden, <laughs> the party's over. What do yeah. I do? Thanks, Obama. Yeah, thanks, buddy. <laughs> I appreciate it. Bummer, dude. So all of a sudden, I, I, I get this guy, Barry, from United Healthcare. Barry Lipschutz, great guy. He calls me up. He's like, hey, Rob, man, you ever think of selling Medicare? The fuck is Medicare? <laughs> it's like health insurance for old people. Oh. <laughs> oh, I liked that the last I, time. Wait a minute. I'm real good at this health insurance thing. I got this down pat. What kind of health insurance is it? Then he shows me the Medicare Advantage, the MAPD. He shows me the med subs, the standalone PDPs insert hook i'm in and for two years i was the sole um managing agent for the ocean county mall during the aep at the same year that united healthcare almost bankrupted themselves by issuing ready for this someone must have been drinking heavily <laughs> when they decided they were going to issue an open access point of service with a $500 out of network deductible on a zero premium. Boom. Hello, bankruptcy. <laughs> uh, they had that plan for maybe a year, maybe a year before they realized, Oh shit. Utilization costs are crushing us. Boom. Out goes the out, out that goes. So I did that for a couple of years and then I decided, I'm going to retire. <laughs> yep. Yep. Nice. Absolutely. I'm going to work. I'm going to work 10 weeks a year, nine weeks a year. Not bad. People laughed at me. They said it wouldn't work, but I am basically income wise back to where I was when I was doing small group. I've got two words and one hyphen for you. Walmart. <laughs> Even you're laughing. Walmart. 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 During the AEP, I get a call from, 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 from some nice young lady down in Florida saying they're looking for Medicare agents who want to sit in Walmart during the AEP. 
Now, trust me, I had the first inclinations that you guys did, which is. <laughs> <laughs> and then she awesome. sold me on it. She was like, think about who comes to Walmart. And think about you sitting center stage on the mic. Mm. So I said, you know what? I got nothing else going on. Let me try it. Oh, my God. It took off. It absolutely took off. And I can talk about it now because I've got every Walmart within 38 miles of me locked down so no one can take them from me. So I got no competition. So I can talk about this. Cause, mm -hmm. cause, cause 38 Walmarts. No, 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 no. Within 38 miles. I've got, oh. right now I'm in control of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven Walmarts. Wow, so, that's the amount of traffic. Did, so did you, you went into the first one and sat there or did you scale it oh, right yeah. off the bat? Yeah. I, no, what happened was, again, I was so grateful that no one bought into the whole Walmart concept uh, because, yeah. because for the first, the first year came in and I saw, cause you know, you get your AEP checks in January. My AEP check came that, that January. What was, what was the first year I did it? What's it? 2020 something, 2019, but 2013 was my first one. My AEP check comes in and I was like, Shazam. <laughs> <laughs> and I started, I said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to do this again next year. And I said to this woman, I said, Hey, you got any more? She was like, I got this and this. I said, okay. So I called my buddy said, dude, you want to come in with me on this? This is pretty good action. And he came in and he became the bank. He's the one who, who helps bankroll, you know, the, the down payments and all the different Walmarts we have. And before long, we, we had, we had pretty much all of ocean, most of Monmouth and parts of Middlesex just completely on lockdown. Well, so easy. So for a PNC guy that's kind of dumb, how, what does that mean, this stuff, the, the AEP and, and? Okay, that's the beauty. That's why I say I only work nine weeks a year. I mean, it's a little bit longer because for, for, for us Medicare guys, it usually starts in July when the, okay. uh, the certifications and testing goes out. And I've got, you know, even though I, I've got a staff, you know, and it's not even really a staff. I've, I've built an hierarchy of about eight or nine agents. Um, I just, I help them get through the, the certification process. I make sure they get their Walmart set up. Um, there's very little hands-on training. Um, there, there is some oversight, but I mean, we're dealing with professionals here. So, you know, you really don't have to hold their hands. Mm. Um, so usually what'll happen is, um, and this is the reason why I go back to, um, I work nine weeks a year. Sure. Um, usually we go in on October 1st. That's between October 1st and October 5th is the, the, the day they let us in. Now with Medicare, you really only have that, that annual election period of October 15th to December 7th. That's the only time you can really right. buy Medicare. I mean, if you move or something, you can get a, what's called a special election period. But for the 98, 99% of, of the Medicare eligibles out there, the AEP is, is their, is their, big, gotcha. is their open enrollment period. How big is that market? 
if you listen to the carriers, they say it's monstrous. In the mm -hmm. real world, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, it, um, you can work all year round if you want. I don't want to. Right. Um, Who does? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> dude, I got too much shit to do. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I took my business serious enough in the beginning that six years later, I'm essentially retired. My, my, renewal, my renewal checks every month are just delightful. And it gives me a chance to run my barbecue sauce company, to take my, to take my youngest son, my 13-year-old, to, uh, to wrestling, um, you know, three, four times a week. Um, and to go up to North Jersey and go snowboarding maybe once a week or every other week. There you go. Um, so insurance has provided me a great life. I mean, the, when, when you look back to 1994, when I first got licensed, when I thought I was going to get laid off and, and you look from 1994 to 2020 and you, and you look back and you, you think you're like, damn dude, you are the luckiest dude alive. You know, some of the shit that you did and some of the shit you saw it's unbelievable. <laughs> that is awesome. That is the dream right there. It really is. I mean, this is funny. When I was doing the small group, that's when my band Cool Day Zen was, was really hitting it hard. So there were times where I would go to sales calls in the front of my, in the front of my Jeep Grand Cherokee. I had my briefcase with my, my small business uh, attache and in the back were my drums. So I would go like, there were times like, um, it was a time we were opening up for Leslie West and mountain at uh, Jenkinson's in uh, Point Pleasant beach, New Jersey. And I was enrolling a 10 life group at like 1230. So, you know, at 10 lives, this shit's going to take a while because you got to get all the apps together. You got to get all the paperwork. And I'm over here looking at my watch going, damn, dude, I gots to go. I gots to go. <laughs> I come flying down the parkway, come off 35, pull in just enough time for, for, um, for sound check. And, uh, the, 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 the funny part is that was the same, that show with Leslie West was the same week that the Sopranos ended with the, with the big fade oh, away. bullshit. We got so much applause because <laughs> we had a backdrop and instead of cool days end, we had impeach David Chase. <laughs> 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 and I, I don't know if I should tell this story. This, this, this is. Yeah, uh, tell it. Then you must. Oh, yeah. Okay. Then if you don't think yeah, so, okay. you must. Okay. 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 <laughs> Listen, we're sitting there, me, the promoter, and, and um, a couple of guys from my band were sitting at the bar after sound check, and we're getting ready. And all of a sudden, Leslie West comes walking in. And at the time, he had to been in his late 60s, mid to late 60s. And he came in with this smoking hot blonde. I mean, she was freaking scrumptious. <laughs> and 
I look over at the promoter and I was like, oh, dude, man, that's adorable. He brought his granddaughter with him. That is fucking cool. He goes, dude, shut up. That's his fiance. Oh, that's hilarious. And I was like, oh, my God, you you play Woodstock, right, Mississippi Queen, and you get hot chicks like that. True. It is true. <laughs> so you played drums, dude. I play drums, too. Oh, nice. That's yeah. awesome. How long have you been playing? Oh, God. I started playing what? I started playing in 1978 because I wanted to meet a girl. Nice. <laughs> yep. Yep. And and so do you and you play you still play to these days, right? Sometimes I can be I can be cajoled out of retirement every now and again, but as for regularly playing now, not really. I got too much going on between my son's wrestling and and uh you know, my barbecue sauce company and um and uh you know, I I I on the side I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. For, oh, wow. for, for exercise um and so here's something that's interesting like i'm sure people are listening it's like oh it sounds like you kind of fell into some of that stuff right when in actuality yes yeah you, but but <laughs> you seem like you're very outgoing and it's it's funny i always say to people i didn't like, get that people <laughs> uh, <laughs> people that have good luck usually have good luck because they put themselves into positions for good luck. Mm, I, I can tell that you put yourself out there and that's obviously how, and, and, and you also seem to have a very keen eye for taking opportunity at the time that needs to be taken where other people probably pass on it. So I, I think that that's a huge key takeaway in this. Um, but I'm really curious about the barbecue sauce. Can you take mm. us through that story? And why don't we have any? <laughs> I know some guys. That's a good we, point. We can take care of some things here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm cheap. I'm eternally oh. cheap. But I also, I'm not a douchebag. I don't show up at parties <laughs> empty-handed. So, so I'm like, Love okay, how do, I, how do I be cheap and not be a douchebag? barbecue sauce <laughs> <laughs> of course well i've been making You're it for like, eureka eureka yeah, eureka <laughs> Shazam. <laughs> so i started making it as as a goof you know i would i would make the i would make the barbecue sauce and and um originally i was using ingredients that i'd find around the house and then people were like damn this, this is pretty good but it never had a name and it was just Rob's sauce. And about a year and a half ago, it started getting serious. People were like, damn, you know, this is really good. And, and the, the, the beauty of the sauce is it's, it, it, it can also, it can be a barbecue sauce, but it can also act as, as like a dip for like your, your tortilla chips and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's really versatile. And it was designed that way again, mm. because I'm cheap. And <laughs> You know, why buy two products when you can have one? There you yeah. go. <laughs> it's like our, it's like for men, it's shampoo and conditioners in one thing. I mean, there's no exactly. such thing as yeah. two bottles. I mean, in my no. shower, 
there are like 25 bottles of things and, and I don't even know what they are. Some of them don't even have English on them. And like, I, I'm like, I, you know, I just go, Oh wait, here's the soap. We put soap in my hair. You know I mean? <laughs> same principle, dude. Same thing. Right. right. <laughs> same principle. So I started putting shit together. I said, you know what? Let me go out and actually source ingredients. So I went out and I said, what are, as I, as I put this thing together, what, I, what was happening was I would try all these different sauces and, then, and all these different flavors. And I said, you know what? To me, the ultimate sauce would have the um, smoking, smokiness of like a North Carolina, the mesquite of Texas, and some form of heat. And, and the heat was the hardest part. I didn't know exactly where I wanted. I didn't want to do, you know, the same habanero bullshit like everyone else does. <laughs> right. You know, I, I, I wanted mine to have a little bit of originality. And mm. my wife is Filipina. And they have a pepper in the Philippines called a labuyo. And labuyo is hotter and sweeter than like a habanero pepper. And that became the heat. So I named the sauce the Filipino redneck sauce. <laughs> and the label. That's awesome. You certainly didn't have to check if somebody else had come up with that already. Yeah. Right. Safe. Right. And, and rightfully so. It's so fun. <laughs> I tried to, I tried to, this is great. I tried to market this at, our local Filipino grocery store. Oh, that's which funny. I looks at me and goes, get that racist shit out of here. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> the, the, the logo, the logo is, is a, um, in the Philippines, they have a thing called a jeepney and a jeepney is a, um, it's a form of public transportation and was modeled after the old world war II army jeeps after the war. The, the Filipinos took the Jeeps, they, they cut the tail end off of the Jeep and attached like a bus to it. So in the front, you had an army Jeep, but on the back, you had a school bus type thing. And it was really cool. Well, oh, wow. It's really cool. And so I took it and I, I had my graphics guy, um, uh, DeFresh Designs, Adam DeFalco down here in Bayville, um, he took the jeepney and he put the paint scheme of the General Lee on it. Oh, no way. Oh, way. <laughs> oh, yeah. So when you, see, when you see the sauce label, you see this jeep-looking thing that looks like the General Lee. Well, do you have one there? Is there one sitting laying around? Uh, you know what? I got one downstairs. Um, well, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Send us a picture um, of it. Go, we'll put it in the. To, um, yeah. If you go we'll to Facebook, well, if you go to Facebook.com backslash uh, FRS Barbecue, you 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 can see it. Um, and so I've been doing real good with it. I I I I sell out of two retail establishments, um, and I do farmers markets. And it's so funny when I do farmers markets. Um, I have a confederate kepi the 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 soldiers at oh man with a, with a filipino flag in the middle of it 
And so it's got it's got a little bit of redneck and Philippine. And, and that's you know funny, what? Man. It's you know what? And insurance that's, did that's that. called fusion. It really that is, is fusion. And it's a fusion like no one's ever, I think that's the beauty of it is it combines flavors that no one's ever combined before. Um, and it's all because of insurance. It's all because I made a phone call and screamed at someone. It's all because I picked up the phone when someone said, I have an opportunity for you. Um, you know, it was, it was understanding early on what I wanted out of my insurance career. It's understanding that I never wanted to be the biggest. I never wanted to be that big multi-service agency with a staff of 43 people, you know, acting as an MGA for 15 different companies. I knew early on in my career that my success was going to happen if I was a boutique agency. If I, if I found one thing that I did and then did it better than anybody else, I knew I could make a spectacular living at it. The riches are That's in the niches. Absolutely. And it almost goes to, I mean, even if you wanted to be the, the 45 person agent, I mean, you better be pretty niched out. There's no way you're training 45 peoples and, and learning everything. So, I mean, it, it's kind of the same principle, but I mean, I think that your clarity on, on your vision and uh, being kind of self-actualized, like, you know what you wanted. You didn't try to I mean, we hear it all the time. Agents can get real down on where they are. And it's like, dude, if you're an agent, I mean, there's a, there's so many that are, I mean, it's a, it's a good gig. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, if you don't own an agency, uh, you can only be so down. Now I know that there's some people that are, that are struggling in this day and age, uh, just starting out and stuff. And I, and I empathize with that, but like, man, I mean, even a smaller agency, I mean, there's, there's so much good, you know what I mean? And, and Absolutely. being able to know like, Hey, I don't want to be that crazy big agency. Cause I don't want the 45 people, but I'm going to do some other stuff that's super cool. And I'm going to be good at it. Like that gives you the opportunity to, to not beat yourself up. Like I just, I don't know. I just hear so much uh, agents that beat themselves up over stuff. Well, they look at those bigger agents and they want to do that, but it's like, do they really want to do that? Because there's a lot, I mean, you see those bigger agents, man, they're working a ton and there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot to it. There's a lot you miss out on. You're not going to your, maybe you're not going to your son's wrestling matches. You're not doing barbecue sauces. You're not doing some cool stuff, right? Absolutely. Cause life is too short, you know? And one of the other things that I really love about doing my Medicare business is the people I meet. Like I, one of the coolest, one of my coolest sales calls. And I always tell this story um, to, to my clients, everyone. And, and, it, and I tell this story at every initial meeting because it, it goes back to my icebreaker. And if I see an ice break, my, if I see a birth date of like, um, I don't know, 1947, 1948, you know, 1949, I'll say, you know, come on, dude, fess up. Were you at Woodstock? <laughs> <laughs> and being here and being here on the East coast in, in Jersey, you know, I'll get a few. Oh, go on. Yeah. You know, or like, well, <laughs> let me, you know, <laughs> well, I go into this guy's house over here and it's, 
right here in Tom's River, New Jersey. And he, I give him the icebreaker and he looks at me and goes, huh? And I was like, oh shit, did I offend? (laughs) I said, (laughs) I said, I thought to myself, oh shit, time to change the topic. Maybe this guy had a brother who got killed in Nam. Maybe, maybe, you know, he didn't like hippies, whatever. But definitely time to change the topic. <laughs> so, so off we go somewhere else. About an hour later, presentation's done. I've taken applications, um, answered all questions, getting ready to say goodbye. And we're walking to the door and the door's right in front of us. And off to the left were like these two French doors with like curtains over the glass. So you couldn't see into the room. And he looks at me and he says, so you, so you asked me if I was at Woodstock and I'm thinking, Oh shit, we're standing up. He can get a nice, good, clean shot on <laughs> me right out. You know? So I was like, uh, yes, sir. I did. And he says, come on. He opens up the door, three out of the four walls, eight by 10 pictures from the festival that he took himself. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow is right. I just looked at him. How? What? <laughs> he says, he says, I was, I was in college. I got a phone call. They said they needed help building the stage. I said, okay, but I'm doing photography. You know, maybe we, maybe you could give me an access all areas pass and I'll shoot the festival. And then at the end, we'll divvy up the, um, the um, you know, the, the negatives. Guys, they had every, he had everyone on the like wall. Jimmy. Jimmy. Janice. He had the coolest picture, uh, Gary Garcia. Wow. With a with a dube in his mouth, holding <laughs> the car, just strumming. And my favorite picture was right before the Who went on. He took a picture of Pete Townsend holding number five, and he's looking away from the camera. And the way that the light, the stage lighting was, it looked like that Pete Townsend had a halo over his head. Wow! Just the way that the lighting was. Wow. And I said, dude, what are you going to do with these picks? Because I was going to try to buy that Pete Townsend pick off him. And he was like, my kids and grandkids, they they have no interest in the pictures. So it's in my will that upon my passing, um, a representative from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is going to come out and collect the pictures and the negatives. So are are any of those pictures like online or? Not that I know of. I think he's still with us. I mean... Well, he sh- I, I I called him what October first or second. You know when I'm allowed to actually, you know, call for you know 2020 changes. So I spoke to him in October. So I know he's still he's still with us. So, and That's he awesome. has no intentions of of selling or giving them away. They just sit on his wall, freaking. Wow. Cool. Yeah. That's so cool. So tell us with with all everything that you've gone through, all the different, you know, eras of 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 uh, business success and time to find a new business. Like, what what are some what's some of the best advice you would give 
to some insurance dude out there or dude that's just starting and they feel like everything's against them. And I don't know. I quote, I quote from, I quote from the late great Warren Zevon. Enjoy every sandwich. (laughs) Enjoy every sandwich. You're going to have trials. You're going to have tribulations. You're going to have great days. You're going to have days that turn to liquid shit. Enjoy them all. Enjoy the moment. Um, Be in the moment and, and, and understand that if you're an, if you're a new insurance dude or a new insurance dudette, just acknowledge that your first year is going to suck. Just acknowledge that that first year is going to suck. I tell this to all the agents that come on and work my Walmarts. Look, the first year is going to suck. The second year is going to suck a little less. The third, (laughs) the third year you're going to be smiling. And by the fourth year, your shit's going to be on cruise control, Mm. but enjoy working out. Yeah. You know, um, unlike college. Yeah, where exactly. after four years, it's not cruise control. <laughs> no, no. And, and I think that, I think it's different for us because if you, if you know how to manage your client base, if you, if you know how to, to preserve your book of business by the, by the fourth year, yeah, you're, you've, you've built up a big enough renewal base that you're simply living off of residuals and and your, your, your first year commissions that you earn during the AEP every year is um, you do you money. You know, you, mm. want to, you want to go on that trip, there's, there's the you money. Do you. you do you. And just understand that um, insurance is like anything else. I know it's cheesy. I know it's played out, but it is definitely you get out what you put into mm. it. Um, you know what? And I think we're getting better at policing our own. Um, I think we're doing a better job at, at getting rid of some of the folks who, who don't deserve to be in our business. Sure. Um, to me, that was always the, that was always the biggest thing. You know, there, there, a lot of agents complained about this thing in Medicare called the scope of appointment form. And I, I thought the scope of appointment form was one of the greatest inventions of, of Medicare because basically what it did was it, it forced agents to be on the up and up and, and not try to sell that senior, you know, a final expense plan when they think they're buying a med sup. Um, oh yes, that actually happened. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. That there's a reason why the scope of appointment form exists. Um, and that's why, because some guys, some guys, you know, decided to go in areas they ought not to mm. that was a great movie rad oh my god i love that movie <laughs> it was good wow you nobody knows there we go frs that's me right there that's the jeepney right there with the with the um and the Mabuhai oh yeah the um mabuhai y'all is um Mabuhai is welcome in Tagalog in Filipino. <laughs> with a little y'all on it. Oh. With, with the redneck. So there's the Filipino, Mabuhai, and there's the y'all, the redneck. Mabuhai y'all, which translated out equals welcome, everybody. Let's That's have awesome. Barbecue. Let's That's have some awesome. Barbecue. Thank you. I'm going to order some. Also, 
I want to know how do you how do you keep yourself going? Like, like your attitude is awesome. How, yeah. how do you keep that positive mindset? Do you always have that? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my uh, my wife would tell you I'm a moody fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Same with my my wife would say that yeah, my wife yeah, that's tell mine that. as well. You know what? I love life. Um, you know, I I you know when I was forty seven, I left. I left in two thousand nine. This I think this will help encapsulate it for you. I had just played a show with the Marshall Tucker Band at a place called the um, the no Star way. Ball oh yeah. Oh my God, they were Starlin Ballroom. Yeah. In uh, uh, New Jersey. Yeah. In yeah. New yeah. Yeah. I played there. there. Yeah. The there. upstairs. Um, right. Well, the, the dressing rooms are upstairs. Um, yeah. Okay. There were some good times up there, yo. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that, that was my teenage years that I barely, barely remember, but uh, oh yeah, God, I know, I know played, we played there. Oh my God. We played Starland. We, we, we played the knitting room. We were practically from 2006 to 2009. We were we were practically the house band at the Stone Pony, um, you know, the house that Bruce built. Like that. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, great. man. And so Marshall Tucker band. Oh yeah. So I I got off. I got out of that show, and I then the next day I had a doctor's appointment. Just you know, that's the way life went. You know, you got right. the only place just life's life scheduling, if you will. <laughs> yeah. And the doctor looks at me and says, and he and I have a pretty good relationship. Um, it wasn't this, you know, doctor, you know, like young man, you must do the dietricticorum of the, no, nah, yeah. he looked at me and said, dude, if you don't, if you don't change your fucking ways, you're going to be gone in six months. And dang. Yeah. They couldn't, my cholesterol was so bad. It couldn't be tracked. I nope. was so you had a record. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now this is the funny part. The same year that I was essentially given a death sentence, we were also up for four Grammys. No way. Wow. Our album, if you Congratulations. look Congratulations. Thank you. If you look up the band Cool Days End, um, and the album Streets, Dreams, and Everything in Between, um, that features Susie Tyrell from Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Um, 2009 year was a great year for us. And the, uh, that's, that September I was in the doctor's office and he was like, dude, if you don't change your ways, you're not long for this world. Wow. And I said, what do you mean? He's like, well, dude, I can't even track your cholesterol. It's so bad. You're five, five, nearly 250 pounds. Um, because I, I didn't exercise. I was, I was either selling insurance or driving to gigs, or um, driving to my oldest son. Back then, he played ice hockey. So there was no time to get to the gym, no time to ex Maybe there was, but I certainly didn't make it. Sure. I mean, you, you either make time or make excuses. Um, so I made, I made excuses. <laughs> well, and all of a sudden, that that... Thanksgiving of 2009, I was up in my brother's house up in, up in Maine and for Thanksgiving. And after Thanksgiving dinner, he says to me, he's like, he was like, 
hey man you you want to watch an iron man movie i was like nah man i'm not into those marvel superhero things he was like nah dude iron man's like a sporting event the hell's that he goes he goes it's a triathlon the hell's a triathlon (laughs) you swim a little you bike a little you run a little and i said oh okay so he puts on this video of him doing iron man lake placid up in new york and now mind you i didn't tell my wife i didn't tell anybody about what the doctor had said to me i was too scared i was too scared to admit that I'm in a bad way and I need to do something, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what that something was. So I, I watched this video and I watched as my brother in Lake Placid, New York, swim 2.4 miles, bike 112 miles, and then run a 26.2 marathon. So crazy. Wow. I was fucking hooked. That's all. Awesome. I knew what I was going to do from there on. And I didn't know how I was going to get there. But I knew I was going to do that. That's what was going to save me. And that Monday when we came back from from, uh, Booth Bay Harbor, Maine, I tried to run. I got to the mailbox. (laughs) Right. I I got to the mailbox. Not much farther, but I got to that mailbox. And I said... I'm going to try to do one of these triathlon things. So I trained all through the winter. I joined the, the Tom's River Fitness Gym where they had a pool. And I, I did my, my, my first triathlon Father's Day weekend, 2010. Three years later, on July, what is it? July 28th? Yeah, July 28th. I'm looking. I got the medal right there. It's, uh, let's see if we can. Uh, Boom. Wow. wow. And Congratulations. Thank you. Dude. I, I lined up and it took me 16 hours and 38 minutes, but I swam 2.4 miles. I biked 112 miles through the Adirondack Mountains and then ran a marathon. And I was completely healthy at that point. And you know, I, I still live a healthy lifestyle. I go to jujitsu now. I still, I still train triathlon every once in a while, whenever nice. I can. But um, that's, what, that's what keeps me going. That's what helps with the positive outlook. I, I think that, you know, they always say variety is the spice of life. And, you know, my, my dad used to tease me about that. He's like, he goes, you can't stick to one thing. You're always doing something new, something new. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, because, you know, you know, I'm sure people enjoy it, but I can't spend every Mm. Wednesday night for the rest of my life in a bowling league. I just, right. Right. Maybe for some (laughs) folks that is a great source of relaxation and and exercise. And if that's what they're into, God bless them. At least they're, they're, they're out of the house and not staring at their iPhone. And, (laughs) but me, you know, the, the, I've always enjoyed the next, mm. you know, I became an Iron Man. What's next. Okay. So now um, I'm working on my black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. That's my next goal. And, you know, I want to, I want, I want to see my youngest son get to the, to the state championships in wrestling, you know, um, you know, all the, to me, the, the beauty of life is in the next. 
Mm. Yeah. You enjoy every sandwich. Don't get me wrong, but never get yourself in a rut because yeah. that's yeah. where, that's where your depression comes in. When, when, when you think that, you know, you're stuck in this one lane and you're never yeah. going to get out of it. It kind of takes away from that, from that, that joy of living. Yeah. So. No, you're, you're a true entrepreneur. You know what awesome. I mean? Like that's, that's how. Uh, I think a lot of this uh, like entrepreneurial minded people, we get bored real easy. Totally. Maybe it's yes. the ADD. I, I don't know, but um, you know, because I already forgot, <laughs> but, but no, really, I mean, it's like, it is, it's the next, right. And so that it's, it's enjoy your sandwich, but enjoy your next sandwich. That's different than the last sandwich. Right, and, right. Exactly. And it's just like constant, you know, taste the next thing, taste the next thing. And there's, it's always, that's what keeps it interesting for me. I can't, re repetition is how you learn to get really good at things. But man, if it, I get bored fast. Absolutely. Tough, and you yeah. know what? I, I, you can bring that to the, to the newer agents who are just coming into the business. And you can actually bring that next mindset yeah. into the business with you. You know, granted, I, I found my niche in Medicare, but if you get a new dudette or a new dude in the business, you know what? Try a little life. It's not for me. Maybe for you, try a little disability, get your PNC license, yeah. expand your boundaries. You know, you, you may find out that you like PNC. You may find that you like long-term care. You might find that, you know, you like trading variable annuities and things like that. You know, yeah. you can have your next while earning a few bucks. So what's beautiful about it. There's a million ways to get to skin the cat, make lots of money, create different revenue sources. And, you know, we're hopeful that bringing people on like you that are dynamic uh, you know, and just all the guests that we've had, uh, that give people ideas on the different things they can do. You know? Yeah. So, so and there's not one way to do it. Yeah. I mean, you can either do what you like you've done and you've done multiple things, or you can, you know, you can grow the agency huge, or you can keep the agency mellow and enjoy life. Like whatever you want. It's not yeah. a big, it's, it's I don't awesome. Know. Yeah. Well, Hey Rob, how, how can people find number one, the barbecue sauce? Is that on the Facebook? It's on the Facebook. Um, and, and I have to be honest, I haven't figured out a way um, to make it profitable or, or even cost effective to ship. <laughs> so, so getting stuff out to California is, is, is a bit difficult. I but mean, Arizona you can do. Maybe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably, there's probably the a tax to get into California. Probably. So. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> okay. Um, you so can the find us, you yeah. can find us at Facebook at uh, okay. facebook.com backslash, I believe it's FRS barbecue. Okay. Um, and then the band. I know at your LinkedIn, you actually, there, it has the links for everything. I'll, we'll put in the show notes. You know, I can, we can grab those links and we'll just sure. throw them in the show notes. Um, and so anybody that's listening, you can just click down below. Uh, there'll be all of Rob's various endeavors will be down there. And if you want to be a buddy with him on LinkedIn or Facebook, I'm sure uh, we'll, we'll point you in that direction. Definitely. So, oh, and one last it. thing. Yeah. I'm writing a book. And, it should, and um, as, as rock and roll aficionados, you'll, uh, you'll appreciate the title. Um, it's, it's, a, um, it's a book about sales in life. Um, mm. it, it's a, it 
gives you some nice marketing techniques, some, some skills on handling objections, how to find marketing leads where no one else can find them. Um, Love but it. I, as, as rock and roll aficionados, you'll appreciate the title. An honest man's pillow is his peace of mind. Where did that come from? It's the 80s. Uh, I'm not getting it. Okay. Uh, in the I don't 19, know. In the 19, I think it was 85. The 1985 album, Scarecrow, by, by John Mellencamp. Mm. But he had a song called uh. Memories. And he says, uh, what, what is it? The, the, old man, the old man next to me kept telling stories of his life and his times. Um, something, something, an honest man's pillow is his peace of mind. Hmm. And, and that line resonated with me. What, 30, what 35 years later, that, that song still resonates with me. Because awesome. I, I, I've always felt in the insurance business that an honest man's pillow is his peace of mind. If you, if you can go out and you can market it, um, ethically and honestly, if you can sell with honor and integrity, um, if you can do the right thing the first time, every time, um, you don't, you know, you can hit your pillow at night, um, yeah. the peace of mind because you did it the right way. Um, and that's the message I'm going to try to get through in this book. It should be out probably, uh, probably, you know, probably, uh, around November of 2020. That's um, awesome, man. The next endeavor, the next sandwich yeah. is your book. So absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Rob, thank you so much, man. It's been a pleasure. Uh, maybe we'll, maybe you'll be back on down the road and, uh, you want, man. just, just give me yeah. a jingle and we'll, and we'll, we'll talk rock and roll all day. Awesome. Love, Love it, it, man. Take care. Uh, we'll see you soon. Thank Please. you so much. Okay. No Bye. problem, dude. So Craig, not only are we both agents, but we talked to a ton of agents out there. And I feel like a bunch of agents have been talking about the aggressive growth goals this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you know what the problem is? What? Everyone's running into shifting their focus from service to sales. And they're trying to do this quickly. Mm. But where do you find the growth and how do you do this quickly? They all ask, right? Ask any agent. It's not an it's easy not task. Easy. Huh. Well, right now there's thousands of consumers shopping online for insurance. In fact, Jason, according to a JD Power study, 74% of insurance shoppers start their search online. Dang. I know, right? And you need a way to connect with them, but it's tough to do on your own. That's where a trusted partner can really make a difference. Connecting you with insurance shoppers in real time and helping drive some serious growth. Well, you know, EverQuote is the nation's largest online insurance marketplace with millions of consumers visiting their online sites every month. They're able to connect you with people who are actually shopping for insurance. Not no just submitting their way. info. Yeah, not just submitting their info to win a free iPad. We all seen that one, right? Yeah, I've seen it. And EverQuote's leads are delivered to you within seconds from the time they complete that form. And one of the best things about EverQuote is that they're nothing like your typical lead vendor. They become a true partner in your business. You get your own dedicated support, recommendations, Ooh. and insights to help optimize your results. That's Plus, 
Uh, right? Plus tons yep. of best practices. And that, guess what? What? A great blog. And guess what else? <laughs> you laid on me, Craig. A resource center to help you with everything from hiring to dealing with common objections. How awesome is that? That is awesome. And I don't think anyone should go at it alone with an average lead vendor. Heck no. Work with a true business partner that has helped thousands of agencies just like yours, Mr. Craig, grow. Mm. And right now, EverQuote has a special limited time offer for all the dudes and dudettes out there. Did you know that? Mm, that's awesome. You know what they need to do? They need to go to the website and they can learn more about the offer and start the conversation about growing their agency now. The link's down below in the show notes. Now let's get back to the show. Oh, let's do. Hey, you've got to check out the Insurance Dudes Inner Circle coming soon where you get extended interviews as well as live coffee talks in our private Facebook group. Join the mailing list today at theinsurancedudespodcast.com. Hey, thanks for checking out the Insurance Dudes. Hey, please subscribe. We got some really great stuff coming out.